what's going on? Welcome to the Lust for Live podcast. My name is AJ here with my cohort, Mr. Tom Long. Tom, what's happening? Greetings and salutations. We are back at it with another episode of uh, the podcast. And by the way, if uh, this is your first time checking out the podcast, we welcome you. Uh, This is a podcast dedicated exclusively to our love for live music because uh, toward the beginning of the pandemic, Tom and I were just kind of kicking around. We're we're talking about, man, you know, we miss live music and, uh, and, and we still do. Here it is. It's been, uh, it's been over a year now. And uh, I'd like to think that we're getting closer, but uh, you know, who, who knows? So we figured why not do a podcast about it? And uh, this would be episode 11. I'm pretty sure, right? 11. Yes. Here we go. And uh, we've do, we, the last few episodes have been uh, Spotify exclusives in uh, which we were able to actually incorporate some music, which was a lot of fun. But we also wanted to do uh, some other podcasts that aren't Spotify exclusive for everybody else that listens on all the other platforms. Yeah, those were extremely fun episodes to do, and it was so nice to have music incorporated. And thanks to everybody that kind of jumped through those extra hoops to uh, enjoy that Mm -hmm. and have fun with us. Um, But now uh, we hope to welcome some of you back that we that we missed with those. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If you're listening, because we we know you know people are listening to podcasts on uh, so many other platforms besides uh, Spotify, and I know that we're on Apple. Uh, I think you know we're on. Uh, tune in and uh, you know, several others. I, I don't know. Some, some that I've never even heard of Tom were on. So that's a cool thing, but the more the merrier, right? Yeah. I love when we pop up somewhere that I don't remember either of us signing mm-hmm. up for. And I'm like, yeah. sweet. It's <laughs> nice. Cool. No, no, it's cool. I love it. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have covered a variety of topics in, uh, in previous episodes, but you know, as we talk about this, the list just goes on and on about, uh, about all of the things that we could, uh, uh, do episodes on. And, uh, Tom had floated a few ideas and I, I think we've got, we've got at least a couple different things that we can talk about here, uh, as far as, you know, some of our memories of, you know, some of our favorite concerts, our, our experiences, but also kind of looking ahead, uh, to the, the future of concerts, uh, post COVID. Now, uh, Tom, I understand that you, uh, you, you already got your first, your first vaccine shot, right? Yes. I am so happy. Such an emotional day to get number one in and to mm-hmm. be that much closer. Uh, and you as well just joined the camp, right? I did just, uh, just the other day, got my first and, uh, and I do have, an appointment for my second as well, which will be next month. And I'm, I'm sure yours is right around that time as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after your second dose, you're supposed to wait really two weeks till, till you're really considered fully uh, protected by it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that means that I will be fully protected by my birthday, which is kind of a nice uh, a nice marking point. That is nice. And, and not only cool to think about the fact that we're vaccinated, but... For me, I think more importantly, thinking about how many of the rest of the population have uh, received their vaccine at this point. I think last I saw here in Maine, I think it was almost half have gotten at least their first shot. Yeah, I saw that um, 30% of Mainers have had both theirs, so are mm. fully vaccinated, wow. which which is nice, you know, creeping up to that a third of our state fully mm-hmm. vaccinated yeah. But um, yeah, I think I saw similar numbers. We're, we're looking at close to 50% have had that first one, which after two weeks after that first one, you do have some level of protection, which yeah. is which is much better than before it. So, No, it, it, it definitely is. And, and the reason that, that that is so important to talk about, because that kind of transitions into uh, the first thing that I wanted to talk about here and uh, sort of an update on uh, the state of COVID and, and, and the future of concerts. Um, I was, it's funny. I was uh, trying to, trying to do some research online and actually turned out to be more difficult than I thought it would be to get information about where we're at in terms of the future of shows. Will we be seeing some shows in, uh, in 2021, in the summer, in the fall? Um, I've, I found that 
a lot of times I had to double and triple check dates because mm. one source would say that it was on and then you go to another source and it says, no, it's not on. Like, like everything else right now, yeah. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> things t- seem to constantly be in a state of flux and what is true this week may not be true next week. Yeah. And it, it can be very difficult to keep track of what has been announced that's going to try to occur and if it's been canceled yet or not. Now, something that I did stumble upon here, which is interesting, uh, that uh, coming up next month, May 2nd, uh, they're going to be putting on uh, an outdoor concert with 5,000 people with no social distancing and no masks or anything like that. Did, didn't we, did we talk about, didn't they already do something like this uh, maybe a month or two ago? Do you remember uh, hearing something about that? I mean, I feel like we've seen bad examples of it, whether it's at, you know, yeah. the Sturgis motorcycle rally or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or things like that, that turned into <laughs> super spreading events. Right. And, right. Uh, but, yeah. but this is something that they're putting on and they're actually being careful about it. And they're, they're doing it for the purpose of research and seeing. Oh, yes, right on. Exactly. Right on. Exactly. So, so this is happening in Liverpool. At <laughs> so, of course, yeah. England, England, who's in a right. race with the U.S. to be like, yeah. ah, which of us can fuck it up first? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll let them do the experimenting first. Cool. Good luck. <laughs> but it's interesting because so it's uh, this place called Sefton Park. Uh, they plan to pack five thousand people uh, into this uh, what they're calling a pilot concert. Um, as preparations continue for larger events to go ahead in the summer. Um, like I said, people aren't, they're not going to have to socially distance or, or wear masks. Uh, however, they will have to provide proof of a negative test before gaining entry uh, by taking a test, which actually, I guess you can take it there the day of the show and they'll get the result within 30 minutes. Hmm. And so uh, they'll also have to like provide... A- like a rapid test setup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they give contact details for for contact tracing, mm-hmm. um, so everybody can be reached if there's, um, you know, if there if, if if somehow somebody sneaks in that that's positive, and then yeah. they all get it, you know. Uh, and and by the way, it's funny. I, I was looking through, and I it didn't even say in this entire story, like, okay, well, who's the freaking band? <laughs> You know? Yeah, right. Who's who's playing? And, who, who who are you going to risk? Yeah, join yeah. this experiment <laughs> on <laughs> and risk. And so I had to research further, and I found that it, it was um it was this indie band that I've never heard of called uh, Blossoms. Mm. Not not the Gin Blossoms. Uh, just just Blossom. <laughs> yeah, because so, there's a band I don't <laughs> think anybody wants to risk COVID for. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I apparently they're just a a hot new indie band over there, and so. They're going to try to get uh, 5,000 people in here, and I guess they're just going to say, wow. let's see what happens. Well, my understanding is is in many parts of Britain, they've kind of taken this attitude of we're going to try to get everybody their first shot in before we worry too much about the second shot. Hmm. And, you know, I obviously have some mixed feelings about that because, you know, the science and the, and the people who created these things say, look, we intended yeah. this to be a double a double doser, right. so um, right. I mean, I know you get some benefit from a single one, and um, but yeah, that's kind of this this attitude they're taking of look, we want to get one in everybody, and then yeah. we'll start catching well, and, up. I mean, the thing is, is that people see, you know, they put out this information that I think after the first dose, you're like eighty percent uh, vaccinated, and so people see that they're like, oh, eighty percent, that's that's good enough for me, right? I'll take that, but. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's not only getting that extra twenty percent of coverage, but also if you have the first shot and only the first shot, I think that that's not going to uh, to last as long. Yeah, I think they're missing the time the time yeah. stamp on that. It's right. like all right, you, you, after two weeks after that first shot, maybe maybe you're getting a nice a nice reaction. But how long does that last? Because when you get both shots, um, as far as we know, it's still looking like it's about six months of protection. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have no idea how long one shot gives you protection for. Ah. Six months. I mean, six months at your and my rate, just receiving them. Mm. You know, we're we're talking like a Christmas time need for a booster if that holds mm. up. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, if enough people get their shots like they should, then, right. you know, hopefully we at some point, point we won't even have to worry about boosters or we'll hit, we'll hit herd uh, immunity. Hopefully, yeah. if we can yeah. get that, uh, you know, 70 to 80 percent. So. Mm-hmm. so that's what's going on over in England. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as far as a, a little closer to home here, I was uh, trying to do some research on some of the bands that were supposed to have big tours in 2020. Uh, ended up moving them to 2021. But now some of the bands, well, they've kind of pushed it over to 2022. Mm. Uh, first band that I was looking at here is uh, Rage Against the Machine, uh, who uh, both you and I are big fans of. Yeah, I saw, I saw that post recently. Mm-hmm. So they were, um, they, they had the 2020 reunion tour. They pushed it to 2021, uh, which was going to include uh, Boston Calling, the mm-hmm. annual music festival uh, down there in the, the great city of Boston. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think it was back in February, they made the decision to uh, to cancel Boston Calling 2021 and you know plan for 2022. The Rage Tour, uh, actually also the entire tour has been scrapped uh, for 2021, uh, which isn't a surprise. Right. But they have uh, decided to push that to begin in the spring of 2022. And that does include a date for Boston Calling. Uh, you know, fingers crossed that happens. So we could potentially be seeing that happen uh, in just about a year. So a year from next month, it would be. Yeah. We rescheduled Boston Calling with uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I am looking at a post of uh punk in the park punk in the park big surf water park in tempe arizona okay (laughs) always always making great decisions down there uh (laughs) may 29th on saturday wow you can see pennywise face to face strung out good riddance one of my favorite bands h2o voodoo glow skulls um yeah that 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 feels a little Feels a little fast to me. It's it's a li- just over a month away. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, but w- so what you what what you found online it, it it just it indicates that this is this is actually happening. Like they haven't they haven't postponed it yet. Right. I mean, as of as of as of let's see when this was as of four days ago. Okay. And that's right. you know, the most recent thing I could find on it. As yeah. of four days ago. Yeah. That's still going on. Although that's a lot of a lot can happen. As, as we've known from the last year here, a lot can happen. Well, a- yeah, I know. And, and but it, it's funny, though, because I, I would I would suggest just just out of curiosity, I would I would go to the individual bands websites and see what they say on their website about whether they're going to play there or not, because, you know, maybe the concert promoter is saying that all these bands are going to be there, but half of them have actually pulled the plug. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Right. <laughs> so So that's what I would do if I were to consider going to that show. Mm-hmm. It's funny when, when I just, uh, I, I, I did just, just did a Google search. I just typed in rage against the machine, uh, tour. And the first thing that popped up said that they were going to be in Boston next month. <laughs> so oh, is that still technically uh, yeah. on, on the site or whatnot? Well, yeah. And so that's why I kind of had to do some data. Like, wait, I was like, wait a minute. And so that, yeah, you know, yeah. when I went to Rage's official site, that's when I found out, well, actually, no, they're not doing any shows this year. They've pushed the whole thing to 2022. So probably the, your best bet is to, to to check with the band directly, I think. Yeah. You know, this that makes me realize, like, I have not been to Boston in a year. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's just crazy. Just, I just haven't been to Boston in a yeah. year. Like yeah. that, that's a huge amount of time. I usually, I mean, sometimes it's rare to go a month where i haven't i know been down there for some reason or another last time i was down there it's obviously been over a year uh i was also trying to get some information on uh this this huge tour that was supposed to happen in 2020 the uh the hella mega tour (laughs) the hella mega tour i think we've talked about before i remember us chatting about how cool of a of a, a lineup this is you've got green day Weezer. Oh yes. Oh yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Green Day, Weezer and Fallout Boy. Mhm. So I initially I found something that said that the tour starts overseas in June. Like this June. Wow. And then comes to the states in July. 
and is at Fenway in August. Really? But now I'm trying to remember, is this, I should, I should look it up. I'm just going to go to Green Day's site real quick here. Uh, because I don't remember if this was one of the ones that I went to the band site and they were like, oh, no, no, we're not, we're not playing any shows in 2021. Uh, could be. Mm. But, but I did find something that said that it was, it was happening this year, including a Fenway show. Well, you know, um, in this, uh, in this downtime, we have, uh, you know, Weezer just put out a new album and, uh, I gotta say it's, it's one of my favorite they've put out in a while. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Human. Okay. You Um, know what? Uh, I haven't, I haven't heard that yet, but I should probably give that a listen. Uh, I am actually looking at Green Day's website, greenday.com slash tour which does show dates for the Hell Omega Tour wow. with Fallout Boy and Weezer uh, starting. Looks like they've got one. Uh, they're, they're playing in Russia on May 28th. Wow. And then from there, uh, they're, they're all overseas. And then they come, yep, they come to the States. They kick off the U.S. leg of the tour July 14th in Seattle. And then it makes its way east, and it says, "Yeah, uh, August fifth, Fenway Park." Wow, inter- interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, me neither. I, you know, is is this really up to date information? You know, right. Is right. this actually going to happen? And this is you know, I'm everybody's kind of talked about this throughout this pandemic. There's kind of two phases. There's when you're legally allowed to do stuff, but but when are people going to feel comfortable to. Yeah, doing I stuff? Know. And I know that you know some of these things, like like seeing shows, depending on how tight and you know packed in people are, and if they're outside versus inside, airplane flights, those kind of things are things that we're right. all going to be making real personal choices and doing yeah. some soul searching about when we feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Another, that again. another band that had a huge uh, reunion tour planned for 2020, uh, My Chemical Romance, they, mm. uh, they pushed that to 2021, but now it looks like, according to their website, they've, they've pushed theirs to 2022 as well, um, which is probably, you know, smart. I think of a, you know, a band like that, and I know Pearl Jam have done the same thing. And Rage Against Machine, we just talked about. Like those are pretty big, pretty big productions, pretty big stage setups of the venues they're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Like I bet that's not something that you want to like cancel a few a few shows in or have to readjust yeah. a few shows in. I, I bet a lot of them are thinking of playing a little safer than sorry. Although I mean this this Green Day Weezer one is going to be a huge endeavor and oh yeah a huge package. I mean that could that could be like the biggest tour of the year you would think mm. in, in like a in, in like a normal uh cycle it it could potentially be you know the biggest tour of the year uh one other band that I that I saw in here that was planning on a tour and it looks like it's still on is uh is Primus <laughs> they uh they it looks like they are moving ahead with kicking off their uh tour in June and it looks like they're coming to uh, with shows in New Hampshire and Boston in July. Hmm. So there you well, go. That, you know, and that's kind of the question too. And that plays a, a variable in our decision making. You know, someone like Primus, I really enjoy Primus. I've seen Primus so many times. Hmm. They're they're not going to be somebody that I'm going to feel the need to rush. Uh, any kind of discomfort to go see again because I've seen them so many times. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, it might be that band that I either haven't seen much before or just can't stand to miss that mm-hmm. is going to be what finally draws me in once I'm, I'm vaccinated and feel that yeah. precautions are being taken at places. Yeah. Well, uh, l- taking a look at some of the venues locally, uh, and I mentioned Primus, if you go to uh, uh, Rock Row, uh, which is the the main savings pavilion. I'll, I'll just call it Rock Row. That just sounds better. Yeah. Um, the first show that they have on their calendar is Primus, July first. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. wow. It's gonna kick off kick off the the concert season. Yep. Primus with um and and they're actually doing uh 
they're performing this is a weird show they're performing rushes they're performing a rush album in its entirety no kidding (laughs) um and and an opener uh wolf mother i don't know if you're familiar with them Uh, oh yeah yeah, they're they're pretty good in a while yeah they, they rock pretty hard uh there's also a few other shows on their calendar blackberry smoke i think that's is that country I don't know. That's out of my out it's of my uh, the, genre. The, the spirit of the South Pole, <laughs> uh, and Brothers Osborne. I think that their country, and Lindsey Sterling. Don't really know much about Lindsey Sterling, but those are the, those are the shows on the Rock Row calendar. Mm. Uh, if you look over at uh, Meadowbrook in New Hampshire, the thing I'm noticing is um, there. It seems like there more country artists are wanting to step out and be some of the first. Right. They have a show uh, on May 29th, uh, Jake Owen. They've got Old Dominion. Uh, both of those are country acts. Uh, says the Dave Matthews band is going to be uh, at Meadowbrook in July. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Wow. All right. Well, some some outdoor venues are, are booking up. They're going to be, uh, be our experiments. See how these things how these so, play out. So there's the outdoor venues, but taking a look at some of the indoor venues, I was curious to see what Aura had on their calendar. And they have a show uh, May 6th. May 6th, that's just a few weeks away. Yeah. And this is a country a country artist, uh, Tyler Farr. So they have a show for May 6th. They have one for May 7th. And and then uh, and then something in August. So I don't know. We'll we'll see if that actually happens. I mean, that's that's pretty close. Oh wait, they got they got Buck Cherry coming. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Cherry. Buck and, Cherry. Uh, yeah. And uh, what what else uh, as far as indoor venues in Portland, uh, the State Theater? Yeah, because we lost uh, we lost Port City. We did. We did. They've been doing a lot of live stream shows. And they mm. have, they actually have a lot uh, on, on their calendar. Like they have uh Decemberists playing there tonight, looks like, but it's a, it's a live stream. So no audience. Right. Right. Yeah. But they've been, they've been pretty good. I've been enjoying some of their shows that they've been putting on uh, throughout this streaming, of course. Mm. Uh, what else? Got to see some of my uh, local favorites, uh, Weekend Friends. Uh, oh, doing, okay. Doing a couple of the streams through the uh, state theater. Great band. Great local band. Love those guys. It looks like you get to scroll down a little bit here, but to see the first show there that isn't a live stream show, I think it's uh, Dave Mason uh, on May 10th, which I mean, that's that's coming up pretty quickly. Do you know? Yeah, Dave- I, I scrolled. I scrolled too far and got to got to see like some saying that there's going to be tickets. And so, yeah, I'm backtracking now. So that's the first one. Do you know who Dave Mason is? Nope. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get some information. English singer, songwriter, and guitarist. Sorry, Dave. I'm not going to be going to your show. <laughs> uh, first found fame with the rock band traffic. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm th- this is out of my league. I don't know, I don't know much about this guy, but apparently he's he's going to be here in, in just a few weeks. I don't know. Yeah, Let's see if that right, happens. Right around the corner. So there you go. That's uh, that's the state of uh, concerts, the state of the future of concerts as we know it right now. Obviously, everything that we've mentioned is up in the air, could change at any point, but that's uh, that's what's on the books for now, anyway. Um. Few of the uh, few of the topics that we wanted to cover today on the show, uh, in terms of looking back at some of our favorite shows, some of our favorite live music experiences. Uh, one that you had mentioned, Tom, that really grabbed my attention, um, which I think is a lot of fun to think about: bands that you wish you had seen but you never got to. Mm-hmm, indeed, and, yeah, and and you know, be it because. Uh, they, you know, members had died, they just broke up, uh, whatever the deal was, but you know, that happened, you know, before, maybe before you were old enough to go, or you just, you know, maybe, maybe they're still in existence. 
but uh, you just haven't gotten around to seeing them. Uh, Tom, what are what are some of the bands that that come to mind for you when you think about that? Yeah, I, I you know I came up with with my kind of big three, mm. and uh, I of course as always came up with with kind of parameters because of I was because I was like you had to have some shot at seeing them, right? Okay. I'm like I mean okay. in my mind, mm-hmm. I, I, the bands that I picked had to have some kind of shot, right? So oh. like Jimi Hendrix, I mean, I'd love to see Jimi Hendrix, but he, he was, he was done before I was even started, you yeah, know? Right. So, right, right, right. and yeah. you can always say stuff like, you know, Mozart. I mean, it would be great to see like Mozart, <laughs> like that was never going to happen. That's not yeah. in the cards. So, yeah. so I tried to, I tried to come up with scenarios that are bands that are, were actually somewhat feasible for me mm-hmm. to have seen that I really wish I had seen or that I got very close to and even have anecdotes for how close I got to them. Um, you know, but a band that was right on the edge and I decided couldn't be part of that list was The Clash. I absolutely, oh, okay. absolutely love The Clash, but I mean, they broke up in 1986. Mm-hmm. So I was 11. Uh, they're just, yeah. I mean, I was alive, but there really wasn't uh, a conscious decision on my part to not yeah. see the clash. I, I was always too young to see the clash while they right. were still around and touring. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so what else you got? So, uh, you know, the first one I, I gravitated to was uh, the grateful dead. Uh, really? I really love the grateful dead. Um, they were touring while I, you know, their tours overlapped where I began to go to concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, one of the pe- first pieces of music I ever bought was um, I was at a um, a yard sale with my mom as like a little kid. And, you know, you're like your mom mm-hmm. would give you like, here's 50 cents, like go get whatever you want, like yeah, splurge, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I, so I had like 50 cents and there's a pile of records and uh, I was flipping through them. And my dad was a huge Celtics, Boston Celtics fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had Bill Walton on the team and he just kept talking about, he loved this band called the Grateful Dead. And I'm like, every time he'd say it, I'm like, that's such a rad name for a band. So I saw, <laughs> I saw this Grateful Dead album as a little kid, uh, for like 25 cents at a yard sale and grabbed it. And it, and it was American Beauty, which in my opinion is still one of their best albums. Wow. And, uh, I don't know, my snowboard, the, the guys I was snowboarding with, when I was in high school, snowboarding was like being invented, like as we were there, you know, in, mm-hmm. in that age bracket. And the first mass produced boards were starting to come out. Most places wouldn't let us go. But uh, me and my friends called ourselves the dead bears. We had gotten one of those strips of the uh, the dancing bear stickers and we mm-hmm. cut it up. So we each had like one of the bears and put it on our snowboards. And yeah, so, you know, just really, this is a band like, through much of my life, I really enjoyed, you know, as I went through all different kinds of musical tastes, they were there and part of it and never got to actually see them. Um, you know, at one point, I, you know, I went to college at UMass Lowell. I was skateboarding in front of my dorm. I was wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. This, this group of kids comes up to me and they're like, hey, want to go see if we can score a miracle down at the Boston Garden Show? So those unfamiliar miracle is when you just go to a dead show and and hope that somebody there is willing to give you or trade you or whatever a ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and none of them had any idea how to get to Boston from Lowell. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. I'll take you down. I'll show you how to take you down. You know, it was Lowell. So you had to, you had to, it was nice. We had some numbers because between campus and uh, the train station uh, is, was like crack row. So all the oh, like crack wow. houses, <laughs> you had to mm-hmm. walk through the, the crack house neighborhood. I got them all safely onto the train down to, uh, down to the Boston garden. Uh, this was what, like 1994. Um, they were there for like five days in a row. And, uh, and man, just like, uh, just like at the green day show that we've talked about on other episodes, mm-hmm. um, Boston cops with their billy clubs rushed us all. Oh God! <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, if you're a bunch of like wound up like punkers, yeah. or if you're just like super mellow people trying to see if you can get a ticket into a Grateful <laughs> Dead show. 
the Boston police will charge at you en masse with their billy clubs and just wow. like chased us down there like beating people and you know we got out safely so we didn't i didn't get into that one i, I didn't get into any grateful dead show ever um and that was yeah. just a fun ending because i then like became you know because i don't i don't really do drugs or drink or anything so i became like the pied piper that got like all these deadheads back to like the commuter rail <laughs> <laughs> and so commuter rail from like it was the last commuter rail of the night. So, um, you know, from Boston all the way back to Lowell, the train's just full of just like inebriated deadheads. And I'm, wow. I'm like kind of this like den mother, like making sure everybody's all right and mm-hmm. going to get where they need to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, many, many experiences where I tried to get into a dead show and wow. it never happened for me. So you were talking about this, uh, this particular story, this happened in 94 and I think it was, was it in 94 or maybe 95 that Jerry died? Yeah. I, I, this, that's why I like that one is so burnt into my brain. Cause that was mm. the last time they played, you know, relatively close by because, mm-hmm. um, that was, they did that run September to October in 1994 and the following year, August 9th, 1995 was when, uh, Jerry Garcia okay. passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, Tom, I, I got to tell you that you, you never cease to amaze me because the, <laughs> the more that I learn about you, it's just the, the more fascinated I am because I don't think I've ever met someone who is such a big fan of punk rock and, but at the same time can admit that they love a band like the, the Grateful Dead. I mean, anybody that I've ever met, any music lover that I've talked to, they're either on one side or the other. Mm, and, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and seriously, and, and I got to say, like, it, it blows my mind that you, you know, are, I don't know, you just have a, a very expansive music palette that you can appreciate, you know, both sides of the spectrum. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, yeah. and I also, I feel fortunate that, I did kind of get to come of age in the nineties, which I think throughout music is one of the more eclectic time periods as far as genres. I mean, it was such a great and beautiful eclectic mix of music in that era. Uh, I think it just fit in in really well, you know, because I mean, one of my other bands that I never got to see the juxtaposition uh, Grateful Dead was Mm -hmm. the Ramones. I mean, I absolutely love the Ramones. Like, Mm -hmm. Joey Ramone's like a patron saint to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were touring up until 1996. So, mm. I mean, I had mm-hmm. begun to see shows by then. I didn't have my own way of getting to stuff, which is why I didn't see everything I wanted to. But, I mean, they did the, what, the sixth Lollapalooza, which was in 1996. I believe that was their last, like, full tour. That was within my wheelhouse. I just couldn't couldn't make it there. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah. And then we lost Joey in 2001 right. and, and, you know, the others not long after, and they all passed before I got to see the mighty Ramones. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy to think, uh, you know, you think of the Ramones as like, uh, you know, they, they came of age in, in the late seventies, uh, but they, you know, continued to tour throughout the, throughout the eighties and, and throughout the nineties. And, and yeah, they were certainly accessible to, you know, people our age. Uh, but we just never really got around to it. And then, and then it's like, uh, all right, well now it's, now it's never going to happen. So it just kind of makes you think, you know, when you, when you have opportunities to see bands, you got to jump on it. You got to do it because bands uh, don't last forever and their, their members don't live forever. No, Mm -hmm. no, that that's one of the, the limiting factors. And that kind of this list that I've stuck to has all been kind of people I won't see because, you know, one or more of the members are dead now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will tell you that with the bands that I came up with for this question, uh, the, the first three that came to mind for me all break your rule of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I just, I needed guidance. Yeah. I needed to, I needed uh-huh. to lock myself in and that's because the list was getting too big. So yeah. I had to limit no, myself. No, that, and, and that's, that's totally fine. But I, I will mention the bands that first came to mind for me, which break those rules. I never had a chance to see, well, maybe, uh, but these bands for the most part, I mean, Led Zeppelin, they, they mm-hmm. broke up when 
I, I think I was a year or two years old when, when they broke up. So never had a chance to see them. Uh, although I've had chances to see like Robert Plant, you know, but th- I mean, that's not the same, just like, you know, the actual Led Zeppelin band never had a chance. Uh, don't think I ever had a chance, a real chance to see, uh, Queen, mm. which I think would have, you, you know, it, just an amazing live band and, and Freddie Mercury, my God, you know, has there, has there been anybody like him? Uh, we actually just watched the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie the other day. Uh, oh, I thought time. that I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. We we went to the theater, saw it when it first came out. We saw it again. Uh, it's been a little bit, and it's just wow! What a movie! What a performer! Yeah. I am uh, I'm such a big fan of uh, Rami Malek. Um, oh, he did such an amazing job with 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 that role. Yeah, his his he's in. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows is Mr. Robot and he just oh, is okay. absolutely incredible in that. And so yeah. the idea of him, once you saw those images of him and, and how much he really took on the persona, yeah, uh, he just really stepped right in there and, and had you believing it in a way that, I mean, I, I feel like um, Val Kilmer did that in, in the doors movie. Yes. Where, where Definitely. You, you totally got immersed in it and felt like they were yeah. that person. Yeah. And then to the point where when you close your eyes and you think of Jim Morrison, you kind of see Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, if you close your eyes and you think of Freddie Mercury, you kind of see Remy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, totally. But, but yeah, Queen, I, I don't know when their last, their last, last show was. I mean, I think their big last hurrah as portrayed in the movie was at Live Aid, uh, which was in 1985. Uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was like six or seven years old. Uh, when that show happened. So in theory, I guess maybe I could have been there, but I mean, really, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't start going to shows until, uh, you know, my late teens. Uh, right. So, um, yeah. And then, and then the other band, uh, Nirvana, which obviously their final shows were in 1994. And at that point I was like, you know, 15, 16 years old. So in theory, I probably could have, but still just, just missed it by a few years. I think it was, I was still a few years shy of my, my concert going days. And the, well, that was hard too, because those were that era. They were still playing a lot of um, clubs, club size venues and theater yeah. size venues, which were often 18 plus. Exactly. Yes. And so, you know, we weren't mm-hmm. of age yet to get into I, even some of those icons of the nineties that, that we loved. We weren't, old enough to get into those shows yet. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as bands that, uh, that I've passed up seeing and, uh, y- you know, several times and have had the opportunity to, and probably should have, but I just didn't, the, the number one for me. And, and I think we've talked about this, Tom, because you've mentioned your love of Pearl jam and, mm-hmm. you know, you've been to several shows and I love Pearl jam too, but I have never seen them live. Well, maybe that will be one of the shows because we haven't been to a show or a concert together. So maybe that will be one of one of the shows we get to enjoy together. It could be. To, uh, it just to, it's to get you finally to a Pearl Jam show. It seemed like every time they came around, they were going to be in the area. I don't think they've ever played in New Hampshire or Maine. You know, it would always be Boston. Mm-hmm. But at, at any time, uh, you know, a, there's a tour. You know, they're coming around. It's in a, a huge stadium or arena or one of these huge outdoor places that yeah. I know that I'm going to be a mile away from the. St- I'm going to pay you know 300 bucks for a ticket to be a mile away from the stage, and I'm just like, you know, is it really worth it? You know, that's kind of my mindset, and that's my reasoning for uh, for passing up that opportunity because, you know, I mean Pearl Jam, they've been huge and playing nothing but huge shows for a long time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like you, there aren't, I don't really go to those shows uh, mm-hmm. in, in those giant venues. I, I mean, the big exception was the one I talked about, you know, in a previous episode to see the misfits. Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would have gone to any kind of venue to, mm-hmm. to get the opportunity to see the, the original right. misfits. But um, yeah, it, it takes quite a band to want to see them in that venue because it's, those are really tough venues to, to yeah. get into the music and really enjoy. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that, you know, having to drive a couple hours and then, you know, driving home really late at night, it's, uh, it, it's something you, you really have to consider like, oh, is this going to be worth it? Uh, the other, the other band that came to mind for me that I very well could have, uh, seen, but passed up several times, uh, is, is Black Sabbath, uh, which, mm, yeah. you know, again, a, a, a legendary band that, you know, they have, they haven't played clubs or theaters in, in, you know, probably 40 years or, or, or so, or whatever. So any, any chance I would have had to see them would be at one of those huge venues, but I believe that they are done. And oh, I don't think there's going to be any more Black Sabbath shows. So, And a, lo- a few of the members of the band are not in the best of health. Right. So yeah. even, even you're not sure how long those members will be alive uh, by the time we're in a safe spot for mm-hmm. them to be performing. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other uh, bands on your list uh, that you wish you had seen but never got to? Well, here you go. Talk about eclectic. This one's, I think, going to blow your mind. Mm. But uh, I unapologetically love the band Blind Melon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I uh, I really, really love that band. And I think had Shannon Hoon not died... Mm. Um, right, right. As they were about to release their second album, yeah, that we would have, we would have seen this band had a very long career, um, and people really would have gotten into them. Oh, but, I think so. Uh, I actually had tickets to see Blind Melon. No uh, way. My sister and I, we had tickets in hand. We were like a week away from the show. I want to say it was. I, I can't because the show didn't happen. It's really hard to find because it's not on like Setlist FM or anything. Uh-huh. But um, he he died of an overdose on October twenty first, nineteen ninety five, mm-hmm. and we had the you know the Boston show tickets for that wow. tour, and it was really like I want to say within a week or two that we were gonna have seen him. So so close to getting to see Jeez. this band so that I really really um, enjoy their music incredibly and immensely. And what was what was the venue they were gonna play at? Um, I believe it was. The Avalon. Oh, okay. I think, I think it was still Avalon at that point. I want to say in 1995, I believe it was that was pre House of Blues. That was when it was yeah. still the Avalon oh, yeah. days. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I believe it was uh, my sister and I. She's the one that really turned me on to them. Um, yeah, and, and again, yeah, like you say, I mean that might seem, you know, uh, I'm missing seeing. You know, I never got to see the Clash or the Ramones and and uh, a band that ha- that are not dead, <laughs> but right. that I haven't seen yet is wow. once tours are happening again, I so desperately want to see Mariachi El Bronx. Okay. All right. I, I, I am not familiar at all. Tell me a little bit about them. To hear them is to love them. Uh, okay. Yes, yes. So you'll have to have to Spotify that up or, or whatever your, your music streaming <laughs> of choice is. Mariachi El Bronx. So the band... The Bronx is like a kind of a post-hardcore band. Um, And they decided, many of them were big fans of mariachi music, and they decided that they wanted to put out a mariachi album. So (laughs) rather than put out a mariachi album as their post-hardcore band, The Bronx, they said, oh, we'll we'll put it out as Mariachi El Bronx. Mm. And... uh, and it became more popular than than their Bronx recordings to wow. uh, to that time, and so now uh, they kind of go back and forth. Uh, we're about, I believe, we're about three albums into Mariachi El Bronx. I think we're about six albums into the Bronx themselves. That's fascinating. And so, um, but it's hard. You know, they don't tour as frequently as Mariachi El Bronx. It's hmm. you know much more of an endeavor uh, mm-hmm. than just going around as a a punk band. Uh, but yeah, oh, I love their music. I think that would be just such an incredibly fun show, but still haven't seen them. Well, you know, that's that's a band that I think that, uh, you know, you do have a chance of, of seeing. Yeah, uh, they're once, all still alive. <laughs> yeah, once things start to get back to normal, um, then then that, I'm sure that's a band that you will definitely be seeking out uh, to go see at some point. I can't wait to listen to them. It sounds, it, it sounds like a, a very interesting marriage of sounds especially with the warmer weather coming up oh yeah it's a really nice get out get out in the sun a little bit you know 
Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I think that we do have a little bit of time here to uh, to talk about the other thing that we uh, wanted to discuss here, which uh, which I found to be a quite interesting question and uh, something immediately came to mind for me. uh, And that is the uh, the best crowds and the worst crowds at shows we've been to. Now, when you thought about this one, Tom, what what were you thinking about specifically? Like the, uh, like say, like the quality of the people, the other people that were at the show. Is that kind of what you were referring to? Yeah, because I mean, a crowd can can contribute or take away from the quality of the performance that's mm-hmm. going on, and right. um, so crowds really can can make or break shows. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I I think so. They can make or break shows for for the band, uh, but also for you know for you as the concert goer, and y- you know you can sort of think back on a show as uh, oh this was this was a, a great experience or or maybe this experience was ruined because of the other people that were there. Yeah, totally. Uh, now, w- w- were you going? I'm trying to remember, I I think was it when you. Was it when we had your brother on that you were talking about the Radiohead show and some guy vomited? Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does, that, does that that one come, kind of come to mind uh, with with this question? You know, sometimes I can have bad experiences or or bad players in the crowd, and it not necessarily mean that the crowd itself is bad. With mm-hmm. this one for myself, again, just setting my own parameters for for guidance here, it was like. The crowd itself, I had to like want to actively, uh, I don't know, get in a fight with the crowd or something, you know, like <laughs> just really upset or yelling at people or something yeah. because of their behavior. Well, uh, l- let me kick this off here and, and, and mention to you the first one that came to mind for me uh, right away when I saw this question. Uh, without a doubt, I think that the, the worst crowd at a show that I've ever been to uh, would have to be the Dave Matthews band. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I know there are a lot of people that are very passionate about the Dave Matthews band. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've, I've run into people that have been like, yeah, I've been to 72 shows, you know, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. You have to really like a band a lot uh, to, to do something like that. And the thing is, is like, I think that they're, I think they're pretty good. You know, there's definitely some great musicianship. I do like, uh, you know, a good amount of their songs. And so I I like them to the point where I was like, okay, well, they're going to be in town. All right. Well, I'll go. I'll I'll see what this is all about. And so I saw them in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, It's probably at least 10 years ago, (laughs) maybe more. Tough. They're Manchester's a tough crowd, always. <laughs> I, su- I suppose. I suppose. R- regardless of the band, the yeah. venue, what's going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It was just it, it. It kind of, and I don't know if you can say this about all Dave Matthews band shows, uh, in terms of the crowd, but this one in particular, uh, it just seemed like everyone there at that show were just these. It, it was just full of frat boys. Oh no. And whether they're frat boys that were currently in college or maybe frat boys that, you know, you know, may, they, uh, y- y- they're a few years out of college, but they still have <laughs> that look, that mentality. They're wearing like the polo with the popped collar. Trying to relive and, that glory and, day. Yeah. And just, you know, overprivileged white kids, white mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. you know, they probably, their mommy and daddy probably bought their, their you know tickets for them to to be there uh even though they're you know well into their 20s um it just it seemed to me that 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 the room was just full of douchebags right on you know yeah what was the what was the venue was it the, it the was theater the, center and it was at the it was in manchester it was at the uh the verizon oh, wireless or or yeah. whatever it's called now but right the, uh the big arena uh downtown and yeah, where the, the hockey team used to play there. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. If they yeah. have a hockey uh, team anymore. The Monarchs. Yeah. That's right. Um, so that was my experience there. Now, let me just say that I, I don't know. That was the only Dave Matthews show I've been to. Maybe if you went to see them 
somewhere out west, somewhere down south or something like that, maybe you would have an entirely different experience with the crowd. But for this particular show, I was just when I think back at seeing the Dave Matthews band, that's all I think about was, ah, what a, what, what a bunch of assholes in the crowd, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that happened with a lot of jam music for a period. Oh, yeah. Because you, know, you think of, oh, it's just going to be these mellow people, you know, maybe kind of getting inebriated, getting their dance on. Mm. Um, but I feel like it was definitely like a, a trust fund frat yep. boy era of, mm-hmm. of, of following those you totally. know, kind of jam bands that just really soured it for a lot of people. Totally. Totally. So what was uh, the worst crowd at a show that you've been to Tom? All right. I'm going to give you a, qu- a quick trilogy because it, it, it's all from the same venue. <laughs> Interesting. So yes, uh, probably like the top, 10 worst crowds I've experienced have all been from the same venue, but it's a venue that I really like and I refuse to stop going to. So then you have to consider, is it, you know, at that point, it's probably not the band that is attracting these people, but it's, it's the area and it's the venue. 100%. Okay. Yep. And it is the state theater here in Portland, Maine. (laughs) Okay. It is, it is a wonderful venue and they book wonderful bands the the problem that in many of these shows what happens it's always the exact same formula that that causes these bad shows Mm -hmm. and it's that it's one of the bigger venues without getting into like the outdoor venue or the civic center yep so it's one of the bigger venues so what happens is a venue of this size down in boston is going to be packed with diehard fans that sold it out. But right. here in Portland, Maine, you're going to get a bunch of diehard fans mixed in with people that are like, what's going on in town tonight? Yeah. Oh, there's a band playing at the state theater. Yeah. There are tickets still available. Hey, let's go there. Yeah. So and maybe uh, a lot of tourists. Yeah. A lot of people that aren't there to see the band. Yeah. Unfortunately, each time that I've had a real bad experience at the state theater, it's because a significant amount of the audience has not been there to see the band and they have a bar on the floor. Uh, so, so on the floor level, you know, as you know, in that, in the floor level, it's this beautiful theater and the acoustics are great, but at floor level is a bar. Mm-hmm. And so if people are like, this is the place to be tonight, I'm going to go and get my bar on. <laughs> with with this band playing in the background. Yeah. And so, you know, the three that it really that were really just iconic for how horrible the the crowd was. Um I saw Cat Power there and Oh, okay. She's incredible and she's mm-hmm. got this beautiful voice and there's a lot of her music that's mellower and quieter and and e- that her voice might be the only thing carrying through at that moment. Mm. And you're breaking through into these breakdowns of songs with her singing and you're listening to bar. Like the bar sound is overpowering this quiet mic uh, moment. And uh, and you can see in the stage, like you can feel it on the stage. Like people are yelling, <laughs> uh, not, not at Cat Power, they're yelling at the people at the bar, like yeah, from the yeah, balcony. Yeah. Right. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. Go. There's tons of bars in Portland. Go drink at a bar if exactly. you want to talk to your buddies. Exactly. Same thing, Damien Rice. Damien Rice is this oh, incredible okay. um, you know, Irish musician, again, kind of on the folkier side. Love Damien Same things. Rice. You yeah. get these beautiful breakdowns in the music. You get you know, some parts where it's just his voice carrying through. And you're hearing you know, douchebags at the bar over the performance yeah. that everybody paid good money. Uh, it's like you don't have to pay 50 bucks to get into a bar downtown. Right. What are you doing here? But I mean, the best is I love Henry Rollins Mm. and I see him every time he comes through. I mean, I see him almost yearly. He he does something in New England almost Mm. every year. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't lambaste a a crowd like he used to back in the black flag days. You just don't see it much anymore. He's, He's gotten older. He's got a good presence and stuff like that. But he flipped out at the Portland audience and has not played the state theater since. Wow. Yeah. Because wow. same, same thing. I mean, he was doing a spoken word. So you get Henry Rollins, just him and a mic on stage yeah. doing uh-huh. spoken word. Yeah. And you get, and you got people living bar life uh, on the floor. Yeah. 
and and it's it's tough because it's not like the venue can uh, can enforce rules about you know not being a douchebag when the artist is on stage uh, trying to have a, a serious intimate moment. Um, you know, you just can't. And right. so that's, unfortunately that's going to happen sometimes and, and it sucks. And it kind of makes me think about how sometimes when you have a headlining band that everybody has come to see, and then the opening band, maybe not a lot of people know about them and are sort of disrespectful of them. It's, it's kind of like that situation. Yeah. Right. Except these people that you're talking about, they they purposely bought these tickets to see Cat Power or Damian Rice or Henry Rollins. Their name yeah. is on the ticket and they know full well where they are, but they're they're still acting like assholes. Right. Why did you why waste that money? You, uh, could, you could have bought more beer somewhere else. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, turning things over and wrapping things up here with a, a more positive tone, talking about some of the best crowds that we've experienced at a show that we've been to, you know, this one for me, I don't know. I was, I, I thought about it a lot and I got to say uh, there was a time that I saw, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before uh, a time when I saw uh, the band rancid in Boston mm-hmm. and just had such an amazing time. I guess for me, that was the first one that came to mind because I just really had this sense of, it was the complete opposite of what you were just describing Whereas that everybody there in that venue was there to see that band and everybody there loved that band as much, if not more that I did. Right on, right on. You know, And uh, it just, it, it sort of felt like community and that, you know, we were all sort of, you know, the same uh, in that sense that we just, we, we had a love for that band and just everybody singing along to all the words of all the songs. And it's just, it, it's a really great feeling and one of the reasons that i love going to concerts so much and one of the reasons i miss concerts is is kind of having that camaraderie with with like a really large group of people so much so yeah so much so yeah Mm -hmm. and so uh so so how about you uh how did you what is your pick for best crowd and and how did you come to um to to that choice same exact as you, uh, same exact reason as you just kind of piggybacking on that feeling that, that you just brought up and, and reintroduced all of us and that we're missing so much during this pandemic. But, um, I mean, I picked, I picked two shows at, you know, my favorite venue that I mentioned in, in previous podcasts, but the middle East in Cambridge, Mm. because it's just, it's a low ceiling and it is so intimate. And I picked my two favorite, two of my favorite bands, of course. Here's here's the Thursday reference. Ah, Thursday. here it is. I was wondering, Tom. We're almost Thursday. an hour in. Thursday. I, like, I haven't heard any Thursday <laughs> reference. You you almost thought you were going to escape this <laughs> podcast without a Thursday reference, but yeah. Thursday on December nineteenth, two thousand nine, and uh, the band Quicksand, absolutely incredible, one of the tightest bands of all time, uh, on April eighteenth, nineteen ninety three. Both of those shows at the Middle East, Hmm. it's that feeling that you were just talking about. Everybody was there to see that band and everybody there was at least as much of a fan as you were. Mm -hmm. And it's the type of venue that the energy just fills the whole room. People are hanging from the rafters because it's a low ceiling. The, The energy is just palpable and contagious and you're all feeding off each other and arm in arm and just in it together, surrounded by people feeling the same thing you're feeling and the love that wow. you're feeling. Wow. You know, I think that this is is a great tone for us to wrap up uh, this episode with, because really what we've just been talking about here with these last two examples, the best crowds it shows that we've been to is really what this podcast is all about, Right. It is, and and what we're we're hoping we can get back to at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, looking ahead, there there are some people, there are some bands, there are some venues that it looks like they're going to 
try to make a go at it uh, at some point within the next month or two. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Will I be one of the first people out there? Probably not as much as I love shows, you know, I'm going to have to wait a little longer, I think. And uh, it, it seems like you're kind of of the same mindset. Yeah. But you know, please, anybody who's listening, really get yourself signed up to get a vaccine. Yes. I, I want to be enjoying shows again with you as soon as we all can mm-hmm. and to be healthy with you as soon as we all can. Yeah. So, so please uh, get your vaccines so that we can start to enjoy these uh, communal moments with That's each right. other once again. Yeah. Wow. It, it, as if we're sque- squeezing in a, a public service announcement to wrap up the show. <laughs> wow. Well, listen I, to the science. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So I, I think that's going to do it for this episode. want to thank you guys so much for checking it out. We really do appreciate it. Uh, whatever uh, platform you're listening on, please, uh, if you want to, uh, you, you know, leave a review a like, a comment, whatever, uh, to, to help us spread the word of this podcast that we have so much fun doing every time we get together for it. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for making the time. It's, uh, it's always a blast doing this with you, my man. AJ, thank you. Thank you once again. And uh, be well and stay well, my friend. Indeed. <laughs>